Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. Good morning. Uh, so something came across the screen and, you know, it just made me think about uh, LeBron James. We'll put his name out there in, in, a, in a different light. So LeBron James made a statement about the NBA play play in games where they basically the NBA decided to throw a little wrinkle for the playoffs in and have the the four teams at the bottom basically go through a tournament to try and get the last two seeds in, in the NBA. LeBron James didn't like it. So he made a, a statement about how whoever's idea this is, uh, they should be fired. Um, probably not the most politically correct statement, but, uh, you know, uh, he has his opinion. But what the most interesting thing about this is, is after that statement, I look at my phone and what is the alert? NBA execs are reevaluating the play in game structure. And I'm just like, man, uh, LeBron James, like the pull, the power, I guess, yeah, the power. Uh, influence that he has, man, it, it's incredible. Second to none, and and I would like to see. We were we were thinking about this. Is I'd like to see him be a little bit slower with Twitter. I'd like to see everyone be a little bit slower with Twitter. Like, don't just say the first thing that comes to mind. Check it, sanity check it with your team, because I think he could have said that in a way that gets none of the blowback and gives him all a a, a pure win rather than blowback and a win. Yeah, for sure. The fire part was a bit much. You know, I, I think that was distasteful for some people. Uh, for sure. Even for myself, I was like, ooh, LeBron, fire. Don't, yeah, don't, don't fire people. Yeah, don't fire people, yeah. You're a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, people don't like you firing people with all that money you got. Um, but uh, the thing is, what really, what, what it really made me think is like, you know, like, wow. Like you said, you said something off air where you were like, he could probably be the biggest and most powerful athlete ever. And it made it, it kind of made me think like, I don't know. He he's well he is I think he is. I think I misspoke when I said that. Like I think he is the most powerful athlete ever, and he's undervaluing himself in terms of how much power he has. I I would say the interesting thing is I agree that he is probably the most powerful athlete ever. Most recognizable, all of that. But the one thing that I that I was thinking the other day is like, man, like LeBron with all of this power and all that he has, I don't know, I don't think the the world is going to is ready for the type of power that I believe LeBron James has in mind. Like I I, I don't know if the world is ready for it. Like it's that's a scary thought. Here's this black man who I would say that there's a lot of people in in some some affluent positions that probably look at LeBron and goes, you know, how? This oh, this guy dribbled a basketball. What why does that make you credible as a businessman? You know what I mean? Sure. Like I'm sure there's a lot of people who looks at LeBron James and goes I don't, I don't even get it. I don't understand. Like, how does some, you know, basketball player have the ability to make some of the moves that he makes from a business standpoint? And uh, I don't know if the world is ready for what I believe LeBron James is on his way to doing. Like, the type of businessman that he is, 
he he's he's on his way to not just being the most powerful athlete in the world, but like you said, as long as he stops firing people mm-hmm. on on social media, <laughs> I think LeBron James is on his way to being one of the most powerful people in the world. Well, I think that's his the, goal. I thought yeah. you know, I mean, because I remember yeah. I remember when I was reading, he was like nineteen or twenty. And he was like, I want to be the first billionaire athlete. Now, obviously, he didn't he didn't make that. Uh, some other people beat him there first. Yeah. But that was the goal. And I think he's driven on a level that is, you know, he's not going to retire to the studio like Shaq and, and Charles. No. Right? No, like, no. he And he's not going to just fall out of the spotlight like uh, MJ. And he's not yeah. going to go into the you know, the halls of the very great players like Larry and Kobe did, right? He's hmm. looking for something else. True. And I don't I don't know if it's political or maybe it's movement focused. Hmm. I don't know what he's thinking about, but whatever it is, you know, he's got the the authority to do it. And I think to to lead into the book, right, where he made his mistake today was empathy. Right? Like yeah. he wasn't thinking about where everyone's state is. Um, and he wasn't taking that other person into account. He wasn't stopping to, to listen first. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's why he, you know, not that he's in hot water. I mean, he's LeBron, no matter what he ever says or does, he's always going to be in a little bit of hot water. But mm-hmm, I think that mm-hmm. that lack of empathy that he showed today is uh, one of the places that he seems to routinely struggle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's just it's just something that I had a thought on, and uh, I figured we needed to discuss it because I I really do believe that, like you said, he's kinda he's gonna be as successful as Magic was. Well, actually, more successful than Magic has been in business. He's going to own a basketball team outright, like Michael Jordan, and then he's gonna do something that I can't even I don't even have a comparison for. But he's probably going to be like governor of Ohio. He's he's going into like having a real impact. I, I don't know. Philanthropy, that's on a whole nother level. Like I could see him building a school in Africa like Oprah did. Like he he's going to. A, well, I mean, the schools in Akron right? that he's doing are. Yeah, he's already tremendous. started. Yeah, yeah. He's going he's going on a different play. I could see him like one day starting like a freaking college or something like he sure. he he's on his way to some big stuff, man. I would say this, and I and we'll end it here. I think his career, and this is a big statement, his career after basketball will supersede his career of basketball by a mile. That's how I feel about LeBron James, and I'm uh, ready to bet on that. That's interesting. I'd like to see that because you know he's going to go down as, of course, one of the great all timers. Mm-hmm. You know, per, you know, perhaps the greatest, and he'll be in that conversation. Blah blah blah. But I would like to see that because I think that the, that it's time to have one of these athletes make that jump. Jay Z tried to make that jump, remember? Yeah. And yeah. And, he, and he missed. You know, one of his first like you know missteps of his career is he tried to make that like that leap into just another level. Um, yeah, and you mean that with the uh, with the NFL stuff? Yeah, just just where a bunch, you know, the, where he got the backlash. Yeah, yeah, we have to talk about that on one show because that's a great topic, and and I think you know I, I hear where you're coming from, and I think Jay Z has he's definitely taken a, a 
from a financial standpoint, he's super. He he's past his rap career in a major way. Um, behind the scenes, from philanthropy and just what he's done for the culture, he's past what he's done as a rapper. The issue is that, and I agree with you where your premise comes from, is that the the everyday person, for some reason, they don't give Jay Z the credit that he does deserve from a a for the culture standpoint. You know, like I think a lot of people look at Jay Z and I, I I have family who did this is the statement they'll make. So right now Jay Z does a he's doing a lot of things, justice reform, like behind the scenes, he's very much uh, you know, you you would call a woke him, him person. Him and Beyonce right are, are a big deal, dude. They're, they're yeah, killing it out he, there. He's a woke person right now. Like he's he's heavily into a lot of the call, you know, a lot of the plights and the fights that are going on in, in America for blacks today. Like he's he's big on black black owned business. Like the amount of small startups that he's helped fund and get going. Like he's that dude right now. And what a lot of people say is, where was that? when he was doing big pimping, you know, like almost like he's not allowed to evolve as a person, like because he wasn't Mr. Philanthropy and Mr. Save the black kid. When he was Mr. Big pimping, all of a sudden this is disingenuous. You know what I mean? He was canceled halftime show and now he's and you know, NFL Jay Z is going to present the halftime show or make it better, whatever it is. Like right. people kill him because I, for them, they think every move that he does is financially motivated. Well, he, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Jay-Z fan, right? So, yeah. So as a, as a guy who like has always found him super endearing and always kind of enjoyed, you know, his, uh, I like his rap style, but I also like it, like his personal style and the way he carries himself and kind of all that stuff. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to always kind of come down on the side of, you know, uh, I guess Meek Mill said it, right? You know, I'm, I had to I had to grind like that to shine like this, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's going to be for him in that context, I think. And yes, I, that, he's still a got great Jay's point. got a lot of time. You know what I mean? Like he's got yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. He's got twenty or thirty years where he'll be able to, if there are those people that are kind of hating him. Yeah, they'll be they'll be able to be won over. Yeah, and, and first of all, bars, I love it. Uh, uh, secondly is, you know, I, I believe that people do change and it's, you know, regardless of where someone starts, you know, listen, Kim Kardashian last year started or two years ago, I guess it was started a big push for justice reform. A lot of people look at Kim Kardashian and goes, what, what does she know about justice reform? Like, you know, she's this, she's that, whatever. Like, you know, at the end of the day, her dad was a pretty prominent lawyer who fought against, you know, uh, prosecutors for his whole career. You know what I mean? Who knows what is embedded in her from her childhood. But at the end of the day, like if someone wakes up one day and their their purpose in terms of how they want to give back to the world or impact the world um, and impact those people who aren't as fortunate as they are, if it clicks on at freaking 60 let it click on. Let it click on. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we don't do well as a culture around forgiveness. So I have a I have a friend, uh, Kareem, and he was uh, we were twenty, 
You know what I mean? We were, we were young, young guys. And uh, I said something that I, that I shouldn't have. You know what I mean? But we were 20. And it wasn't like, it wasn't super out of line, but it was a little out of line. And I remember it clear as day, man. He was like, you know what? Probably shouldn't speak about a woman like that. And I was mm. like, huh. Dude, that takes giant brass ones to just like immediately correct your friend in that spot. Yeah. You know, and it was like kind of a locker room talk situation, right? Um, and I think back on myself and, you know, I wasn't a person who didn't like women or thought women should be less than men or anything like that. But I definitely, I guess, uh, you know, if we're talking about like in that uh, Brene Brown book sort of shame talk, right? Like mm-hmm. you, in reflecting on it, I go, oh, I don't like that guy. You know what I mean? I don't like that guy, but people grow, people change. And like you said, you gotta be, you gotta allow people that room to grow and that room to change. Totally. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough needle to thread, bro. Yeah, it is. Speaking of that. So we got the book. So the book, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Brown is talking, or Dr. Brown, excuse me, um, is talking about, uh, empathy, you know, uh, talking about empathy. Uh, and she makes a great comparison, right? Um, you know, empathy, you're basically, you're with somebody. So if you're being empathetic, you're basically putting yourself in that person's shoes, right? You're, you're saying to that person, listen, I might've not been exactly where you are, but I've been in that realm. I've, I've, I've felt the way you felt, uh, you know, maybe for something different, but I know that feeling, um, you know, and, and you just you like one of the things I, I like that she says is you 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 in that moment, you live in that moment with that person, you know, and sympathy is you feel sorry. You know what I mean? You're like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You feel that way. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It's it's like you're you're good, you know, and it's kind of almost the position that it comes from. It's like almost like a you're you're here and they're below at this point in a low state and you're still riding high or at a medium state or whatever. And that, and that sympathy. And, uh, you know, I like to think that I'm very empathetic. Um, you know, just because I'm, I'm again, you know, for me, it's just the way I am. And I think it's also because of the way I was raised and, you know, having the type of change in my life that I had at such an early age, you know, kind of moving from you know inner city and i won't call it like you know real real like ridiculous poverty but there were definitely some things that were different about the way i grew up in my early years living in north philadelphia to moving out to the to media in the suburbs and like understanding that even though there's a little you know more things here and my friends had a few more things than my friends in the city had they were still struggling with the same issues with shame and, you know, neglect and all of those same issues that, you know, I noticed that my friends in the city dealt with. So it, it allowed me to grow up understanding and being able to really, you know, relate to, to empathy. The thing that I think about with, uh, with like being empathetic is that it let, it's, it's the, the whole point is it's to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to be like, is this a place where I have been, I guess, right? Or, or like, can, can I be there with this person? I guess is what she's saying. And 
you know, I think about that and I think about, you know, our show, right. And the kind of the purposes of the show, we obviously have like a wide rambling conversation and we try to, we try to hold it together with the books and the conversations about our businesses. Right. Yeah. So, but it's mostly just a conversation. And I think that the conversation, the thing that runs the thread through all of these is that we're trying to be, uh, learning together and carry that, that process together. And the whole idea around business, the reason that business works is because of empathy. Mm -hmm. And all she's saying is that that same level of empathy applies to personal relationships too. And it applies to creating creative enterprises, right? If you're not empathetic, you could crush Rodney's video, like creativity that he's trying to bring to the table. Or if, you know, Kunta does the designs for labels. Mm -hmm. If you were somehow not empathetic and kind of trying to be with him first before bringing a critique that may or may not be reasonable, right? Like if you're not bringing that first, you're going to, you're going to crush that openness that you have. And so that empathy applies both in like life as far as, you know, being a partner and being a good husband and being a good friend. And then on the other side, it belongs with, you know, business. It's very tightly coupled, right? For sure, man. I, I think you absolutely nailed it. And, and you know, that sometimes like, and, it, and it's probably the hardest when I'm, when I'm with my wife, right? Like that, that empathy is probably where it's, the most challenging i think for for us like that's the one person that you're spending the most time with that's the one person that you know the best besides yourself yep. and 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 it is it, that's when it's the hardest for for me you know what i mean because also what empathy isn't is fixing it you know like it's not fixing it it's just listening and that's probably where I struggle the most because, you know, with my wife, because it almost feels like I'm talking to me, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I come at it from, like, my standpoint where, like, when she'll say something, I'm like, what, well, you know, Vernon, why are you talking like that? That's almost what, what my mind goes to. Mm-hmm. And I immediately start to try to, like, fix it or, you know, make sure that we're no longer thinking that way. When in actuality, what I got to do a better job of is just listening and understanding that, yeah, my wife deals with some some shame and things that's different than mine. And the best thing I can do is just try to listen. And, and hopefully, I, if I can't relate, I can just, you know, have a little empathy and just try my best to be in that space. You know, it's similar. I got I, I have a close friend who um, is is dealing with some real serious health concerns with his wife. And uh, it, it, it's really on a serious, you know, serious. And I remember the first time I tried my approach when I spoke with them was, you know, hang in there, man. She's strong. You know, she's going to she's going to pull through, man. She's going to pull through. And his response was basically just like, no, no, but it's this is bad. Like, no. And and from that day on, because you don't know what to say. I thought I had to say that. And from that day on, my approach went from that to, listen, I don't know what to say. I haven't dealt with any of this. And, and I haven't been in the shoes that you're in. 
But I just want you to know I love you and I'm here with you. And if you need me to do anything, you know, sit in a dark room and just be silent with you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm down. Uh, but I, I really don't have anything more that I can really give you other than just I love you and I'm here. Um, just because there there's certain things that people go through in life that you're not going to have a, a, a scenario that mirrors that. And you just got to be okay with just being there. Yeah, so the the homework that you gave for everybody for this week's episode was uh was we got answers episode mm-hmm, 1 mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. listening to that and listening to this and 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 thinking about like that level of empathy it's interesting like as a white dude i react to the reparations argument the same way all the other white dudes react to the reparations argument <laughs> it's it's the exact same thing like my instinctual reaction is like dude i didn't have any slaves like my family wouldn't even hear yet you know what i mean and like that's yeah. like this like instinctual thing because it feels like you're getting this argument said at you right mm-hmm. and it's hard not to hear that but it's takes just a, a second and a deep breath to be like Man, let me let me hear what you're saying, and what someone's saying in that spot is is just like your your friend. It they're they're not saying like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm trying to have an argument," or "Hey, man, I need you to tell me she'll pull through." I don't need I'm not asking for a positive thought. What I'm telling you is reality, and then let's start by being in reality together, and then we can go from there. <laughs> Right, yeah. like it's kind of a leap that I'm trying to make there. But no, that transition was on point, man. I I, I almost messed it up by saying great transition, but I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, no, nah, this this we're too serious right now. I can't get you, Trey. I can't drop that. No, but, but it's, uh, it that's it's what it is. Spot on. You have to like sit there and feel it and be like, you know what? I'm just gonna live in this reality for a minute. Yeah. What is the reality like if you tell me like this is why reparations mean something to me? Hmm. And then mm-hmm. I go, okay, well, let me sit with that and feel what that what that feels like. And then we could talk about it politically and yeah. I could say I agree or I disagree or we should do this or we shouldn't do that. Those are whole different conversations mm-hmm. than sitting there and being like, that's how you feel about that. Let's let's feel that together. Yeah. There's 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 a level like so here's a so we got answers. As I'm listening to We Got Answers with uh Nina Turner. And I don't know how to pronounce this dude's last name, so a I'm just going. Yeah, Castle. right. It's, it's, I don't know either. Uh, I'm just going. I'm just going to, um, you know, call him. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James. That's James. what I'll call him, James, because that's his first name. Uh, yeah, Altusher or something like. All right, I messed it up already. But James, maybe Altusher. But anyway, uh, that was the first episode. James got a chance to have a conversation with Nina Turner, who is a senator in Ohio. Um, she's She is, uh, you know, their topic, what it really did for me is it was a great start. And it actually had me thinking about the book. Because, like, I feel like there is a level of vulnerability in this country that we never get to when we have the conversation about the history of America, you know, the, the history in the past of America, there, there's a level of vulnerability that we'd never get to. It's, it's, it, it is amazing that like, so 
this country obviously, you know, had slaves. But it's so funny that we stopped there. You know, like like the the slavery did not just start in America. Like whether the idea of you know, of like even as these Americans come over, you know what I mean? Like not Americans, but from all these other countries, Christopher Columbus and everything comes over, right? Um, they had the idea of slavery already in their in their minds. Like this wasn't no coincidence. Well, it already existed. That it, it was it, an accepted part of the world. Exactly. And that was my point. And and for us, like just as a country, like I, you know, Africans have been enslaved well before America. Like there, you know, there there's record of, you know, Africans being enslaved, you know, in Europe prior to America. Right? So I mean it was yeah, it, you know, it was it was the world it was the worldview. All this, you know, she was talking about like uh you know, the health disparities and, and, you know, the crazy shit that people think. And I, I mean, dude, I think crazy shit. We all think crazy shit about each other cross-culturally. Yes. Like, yes. You, it's just, and it's one of the things that like often people will, I think use and they'll be like, well, I can't say anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can say anything. I can confidently say anything to you at this point in our relationship but we started with that just to go back to your book. Like you were just saying, we started with that empathy of one another first, you know, we yes. started with like, Oh, we get along on sports. Oh, we get along on this. Oh, like first we figured out who each other were and we decided that each other was a human that we cared about and we wanted to yes. take care of and have on the team. And then if I have some issue or you had some issue and you're like, yo man, what's up with white people and X, Y, Z, you know that I would be able to answer that and take you seriously and make fun of you all at the same time. You yeah. know? Yes. Yes. And and I think this this series is is what that is, but I think you know, it's important that you are vulnerable with your friend and like understand that like yo, there's this rich history of pain that and oppression that has happened to darker skinned people since you know, as far back as the 14, you know, 1300s and stuff. You know what I mean? And it's and still it's coded continue. into so much. It's Religion, everything. Sorts, everything. Everything. So there's like, to be able to be vulnerable and accept as as a white person, you know, that there's, there's, there's a privilege, you know, that does exist. Like to be able just to accept that. It's tough because I know what the first feeling and i'll ask you initially hearing that that first feeling has to kind of feel like you know uh i didn't work hard for what i got that's exactly what it feels like that's a that's what you hear when you hear that right you, you the reaction yeah. the the yeah. instinctual reaction that you have to sit through is what you're saying that i didn't work hard to get to where i got mm -hmm. and the answer is is None of us. I mean, we how how often did we learn that in the in the uh, banking book, right? Yeah. None of us got wherever we got by ourselves. It was all community, and not it was it was all supported by community. Let me clarify that, right? So just for me to say like, oh, the community that I was being supported by existed, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. where are you where are you from? Oh, well, my family's from Ireland. It's very different than my family's from Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's I a whole laugh, different but sentence. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? It's a, yes. It has a different weight and a different power. And it's important that I can A, recognize it, and then B, you know, go out there and and, and say like, okay, well, how, how can I, and I guess part of the show, right, is like, how can I say like, okay, well, this is the stuff I have access to. How do I make sure that everyone has access to it? And that's the point of the show, I guess. But. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and you're 100% right, man. That is the reaction. But, you know, honestly, you know, the truth of it is, is what you just said. Privilege does not mean that automatically you're just going to be rich because you're white. That's not what privilege means. Anyone with privilege doesn't just, just because you have privilege doesn't mean that you're, you're going to have, you're going to get everything you want. All it means is that you, you do have an advantage, which you just described. You have the fact that you know where your history starts from beyond just like three generations. Like that, that's for me as a, as a black male, I know my history just to my, like this, this is wild, right? Devin, like this is wild. This is, I know my parents. I know where it starts with their parents. And then I know sort of what my great, great grandparents started. Vaguely. At, vaguely. Yep. After that, there is literally like it, it would take some type of, you know, I don't know, some uh, a genealogist to come and like try to track the rest of that. Like that. That's the thing of like I we don't. But side, like my grand my great great grandfather, like, you know, vaguely knew his parents. You know what I mean? Like that that and that's the history of a lot of blacks at my age like you know what i mean like that that's the crazy thing whereas yourself i don't know if you have photographs but i'm sure like there's there's a there's a history and even yeah, there's like the, a coat of arms yeah yeah and even just even just the fact that you can say like oh yeah ireland and that and just saying ireland covers you for like you know what to like some like year you know 800 you know, whatever. Pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it covers you. It covers you generations and generations and generations. But for us, like we literally stop at Georgia. Like in every year, my kids, every, every not year, but every, I think it's first grade. Every first grade, I have to do this assignment where the kids come home and it's the family tree assignment. And every every year my kids get that family tree assignment, and I tell my my, my wife all the time like one year I'm gonna put slavery on. I'm I'm like gonna really go. I'm on I'm on I'm on give them exactly what they want, and I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna get these teachers exact because they keep sitting at home and 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 it and it does bother me every year because my my kids will come back you and should. they'll go you should you should yeah because there's, yeah, no, my- there's nothing there's nothing wrong and. Like, look, there's a there's a kid at school that's me going to school with your kid mm. that hasn't put it together yet. You know right. what I mean? I didn't put it together. I certainly didn't put it together in first grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've had like I've literally it, my entire life have had have lived in in enough of a multicultural paradise growing up on the East Coast, right? That like there was never a time that I don't remember seeing black faces. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Putting that together, the younger you put that together, the better, man. Yeah, I'm. I got one left. I got one kid left, 
and I think I'm gonna do it. That's gonna be my last hurrah. You know, he's he's got three years to go, and he's in first grade, and then he'll come home with that assignment. And I, I'm I'm gonna start my lineage to and put like a blank spot and put slaves, slaves, slaves to build well, my generation up. Because they'll go what foods, and and I'm like, I I don't know. I'm I'm put, we're putting on there like collard greens, and I'm like, I don't have. We don't have food from our ancestry that I know of. Like, I could pick some African foods, but I don't know what part of Africa my, my heritage comes from. I have no idea. You know uh, what dude, I mean? I'm so, telling so, yeah. you, like, the, there's value in, there's value, just like there's there's always value in, like, learning something about, and that's, the, again, the point, the point of the story and the point of the book and the point of us starting our businesses and all this stuff is is that we recognize that there's there's value, and that value is sometimes dollars, Right. And sometimes yeah. it's experiences and sometimes it's these other things. And, and there's tremendous value in being able to look at your friend before you've been shaped by all the world and That's say beautiful. like, oh, my friend grew up with a different history than me. That's beautiful. You know? yeah. Like, I, yeah, cause I, I don't consciously take that. Like I have to, I have to think about that to think like, oh yeah, my friend Vernon, doesn't have great grandparents. You know what I mean? Like I have to, I have to like work at that. Like their great, his great, great, great grandparents that they, they don't, that's not a thing. I have to work at that. Mm. But your, your son, his friend won't have to work at that because you put that on there. Yeah. yeah. I, think I'm, I think it's real. I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to figure out how far back on greats we can go to before the tree just, and then just doesn't big, connect. Yep. Then it gets its own box. And it's yeah. an important box, you know, because it's that's your family tree. Yeah, that's interesting. I would like to know how far back I can go before the tree. I don't think it's. I'm pretty sure I'm only. I only could go maybe five grandparents, because that puts me. My my grandparents was 1930. They were born in 1930s. Their right. parents were born in the 1900s. Yeah. So now, so it's their it's their parents. Yeah, but sla slavery ended in the 1868 or something like that, right? Yeah. So, so oh. yeah, the 1860s. So, so yeah. So maybe their parents, and then prior to that, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Crazy man. Wow. Dude, it's, it's it's crazy. It's heavy, and you know, I yeah. uh, I don't know. It's it, it, I like I like what you brought to the table with with this sort of podcast episode that we listen to and. I'm going to keep listening. I hope other people keep listening. Um, I want to bring a podcast episode to the table. Go ahead. Drop it on. Uh, so I listen to this this podcast called Econ Talk, and I often describe it as the most important um, podcast to, de to describe who I am as a person. Um, it's more than anything has shaped me in the distance from – let's say uh, 25 years old to 42 that I am now more that any shifts in my sort of philosophy and worldview are deeply co covered by uh, this. And so the, the podcast is called econ talk. I'm going to link it in there, but uh, it's an interview with Lisa cook. Um, and they talk about racism patents and black entrepreneurship. And so it's a whole reflection on what violence impacts has on uh, flourishing and creativity 
Um, and you can measure it by doing your best to kind of slice out, you know, what happened, you know, we can see what patents were created by black people along with patents that were created by white people and, and, and any other group, right? And we can see where they dip and where directly you can like try to see if, you know, was there a lynching in that area at that time? And is that why the patents dipped and that sort of thing? Because it's, it's very interesting to see how anti a race behavior also impacts every single one of us by making creativity not happen, right? Mm. Um, and so it's really, really interesting. It's also a really important podcast to me, uh, generally and overall. So I'd recommend everybody listen to it anyway. But this one is in the same vein. I would definitely say check it out. I'm on it. I just just saved it myself. All right. So yeah, I'll, I'll get it in listen. the show notes too for everybody to listen to. And uh, what do you got planned for this week? Anything? Yeah, man. So we're getting ready. We uh, I'm bagging up spices. It's, it, this is crazy. I didn't realize how much stock I still had it in the house and uh got to order about 600 more bags and I got to fill all those bags. So yeah, this is this is th- there's like real work starting to happen and I'm like, uh-oh, this there's real work happening here. Um so yeah, and then uh we're working on the next uh um you know, I guess I don't know what to call it, but we're selling I guess we're selling our next round of dinners. I'm actually on my way downstairs to make a barbecue short rib taco uh which is going to be interesting it, we're playing baby and and looking forward to seeing how it turns out i'll shoot you a pic how about you um well you know this last week i got i actually did get a like a blog post written up um covering some of the things that i'm thinking about as like as it relates to being a software engineer and working with my wife and living with my wife as she becomes a software engineer right so I got to write a, a post up about that and it's actually got a couple of views, which is nice. Like I don't really write enough to have people like pay attention. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I guess I'll link that in the show notes too. I might as well put yeah, my please. own stuff, right? And yeah, then, uh, the platform. Yeah. So, so I'm actually going to try to do that again. I did get some updates made to the process is black and white uh, website as well. So I'm going to try to keep kind of moving forward on that and try to get that dialed in. So yeah, so it's been a pretty pretty productive week. Again, still coaching Sarah is my main focus right now. But uh yeah, things are going really well, man. Sweet, sweet. Well, that's us for the day. Yeah, where can people uh, find us, Vernon? Check us out on the processesblackandwhite.com and also search us on your social media platforms as the process is black and white. We'll, uh, right we'll see you next week. Yeah. We'll see you next week.